What is up? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. This is your boy Josh Shrinko. It's been a while since we recorded an episode, but uh, Chris and I definitely uh, get back from our kind of spring trip, which we're going to talk about in our next episode together. And we sort of uh, have a little bit of, uh, I won't call it burnout, but we have a little bit of um, makeup to do obligations, you know, work, family, that sort of thing, so it kind of puts us behind the eight ball on fishing stuff, and to be honest, this is, um, first time I've been out, uh, this is about a week and a half, uh, after our trip, first time I've been out, and I'm actually on my way to fish a tournament, um, finishing up the grubby, uh, GRBY White River Series, uh, this is my fourth uh, tournament, um, and I am currently in the lead for Angler of the Year, so this tournament, uh, so there are five tournaments in this series, but, um, it's your best four that count for Angler of the Year, so if I'm able to execute on this one, um, I can wrap up kind of the Angler of the Year, uh, for, for this series, so, We'll see what happens, um, but I wanted to do a little bit of podcast, little podcast to, to kind of like talk about my strategy for this. Um, you know, I haven't been uh, on an Indiana River in, uh, you know, two, three weeks. Um, so it's, you know, somewhat of a mystery of what's going on. Not the greatest way to fish a tournament. These tournaments are are pretty fun, and I don't pre-fish for them, um, so, you know, a little bit less serious than, like, some of the bigger events that I would go to, um, so I, if you're gonna fish a tournament, you know, you definitely want to practice if you, if you have the time and ability to do it, um, but going in blind, uh, you know, can, can sometimes help you, actually, but, um, I definitely prefer to practice if I can, um, and also I'm a little under the weather, so if it sounds like I'm sniffling a little bit, that's, uh, just a little summer cold I got going on, but, um, right now, we're, like, what I would consider the complete dog days of summer, you know, it's, uh, the end of July, and, uh, we're, you know, for the probably fourth, fifth season in a row experiencing, like, low water the entire summer. Like, we haven't had any sort of, like, we maybe had, we had some rain, like, right before our trip, uh, you know, we've had some thunderstorms, but, like, accumulation just hasn't happened here. So, the flows are pretty low. Uh, they're low, super clear, um, so there's a couple things you can look for, uh, or that I'm going to look for today is one, I'm going to look for oxygenation and in a river that's going to come in the form of current. So 
you know, I'm going to go try to find some oxygenated water. Um, so that's, that's going to be one. Uh, so any place that has, you know, even, you know, fast moving water, those fish will set up in those areas. Uh, so current is, is going to be important today. Um, another thing that you'll find is important is, uh, and I, and I always stress this and, and I think this is probably the number one thing that guys who just go out and fish like do wrong this time of year is, um, figure out how to be a freaking ninja. Um, figure out how to be super quiet. And when I say like quiet, I think some people think like, oh, don't drop things on your deck. And no, I mean like get like if you have a spot where you're like, okay, like I think there's a fish here. Whether you're floating, you're boating, you're waiting, whatever. Like figure out how to get completely away from that spot. Like don't even go within like 30 yards of it if you can like stay completely away from it and try to come from downstream to upstream to approach it now you know if you're doing like a wade or something like that you know you're probably going to be wading upstream if you're kayaking swing way out around that spot and come back around the bottom side if you're jet boating kill your motor and like put your trolling motor on its lowest setting and creep up from the, the downstream side like whatever however you got to do it and then when you get within you know like casting distance like make a bomb cast like don't get up so close where you're gonna like pitch into something and drop something in you know make super long casts use fluorocarbon like do all the things that, you know, don't throw freaking huge baits, because I can promise you this, if there's a big fish sitting in, like, a root wad, or, you know, under a rock, or something, and you throw a, you know, six-inch swim bait, and it smacks the water, like, that fish is gone, and, like, I know people, like, lake guys might not get that, because it's not the same, but in a river environment, I'm telling you, like, that will scare the fish away, you know, and that's something that, throwing flukes for me is like such an advantage because I can put those in the spot and it's never going to disturb the water well I shouldn't say that I've actually had flukes disturb the water too much but most of the time a fluke's not going to disturb the water enough to cause a you know fish to spook off so you know, the today, that's going to be the name of the game. I'm going to be looking for uh, oxygenation. I'm going to be sneaking up on fish, being super quiet, throwing baits that aren't going to, you know, cause a lot of disturbance. Now, if there's a, you know, you're in the middle of a riffle, like you can throw something, you know, that's going to move some water. But like, if you go to like the bottom of a pool and you're like trying to, you know, fish that have, you know, bait pushed up you know, you're gonna, you're gonna want to be as quiet as humanly possible, so just don't be stupid, like, you know, be quiet, be stealthy, be a ninja, and then, um, you know, from there today, I'm gonna try to just, like, 
uh, I'm going to spot hop a little bit today, so I'm not doing like a real long stretch. I'm going to go um, sort of go to one spot, you know, hit up uh, a couple areas, go to a different spot, hit up a couple areas, go to a different spot. And I'll probably load up multiple times in my kayak and go to other areas. So it's actually going to, for me, that's kind of like fun to do, uh, you know, because I'm not like out on the water you know, for eight hours, nine hours, like going through spots. So I'm going to load up at least once today and go to a different spot. So that's kind of my plan. Um, but anyways, uh, just pulled in the parking lot, uh, got here super early. It's 541 lines in, in 50 minutes, but I got a little bit of it, a paddle to get to my first spot. So I'm going to get off here, load up, Wet Boy Nation, wish me luck. Um, I'll try to post this tonight, and I'll record uh, probably right after the tournament, let you guys know how the day went. Um, I'm predicting, you know, I'm going to need mid-80s to upper 80s to do well in this tournament. So, you know, 17-inch average, 85 inches is is uh, usually what it takes this time of year. Um, so... We'll see. We could, this first spot could produce uh, the limit. So if I get done with the limit and load up, I'll probably record on next, going to my next spot, let you guys know how I did. So uh, I would anticipate limiting in this first spot. So, and if I don't, <clears throat> I will definitely be back in the car talking about it. So either way, you're going to get a little midday deal and, you know, may only spend 30, 45 minutes up here. So anyways, uh, like I said, wish me luck, and uh, we'll talk to you in a bit. All right, what's up? Little uh, midday update. It's actually about 10 till 9, and <clears throat> I went to my first spot. I got an 18 and a quarter, and I think a 16 and a quarter, or 16 and a half, I can't remember. Um and then I caught some other smaller fish there. I think I took one more picture, but they were all like around 13 inches. So I'll probably not use those. Um, so I'm headed to another spot. Um, I caught those first two fish within the first like 10, 15 minutes. And I just spent two hours there. So a little bit of a waste of time, uh, the last couple hours. Um, but I do have two fish. So I need three more. Um, gonna be looking for uh, probably more like 17s if I stumble across an 18 great but some 16s and 17s a couple 17s and a 16 would be real nice so anyways uh, decent start uh, it's still early so um, you know I can get some of those sort of morning feed bites still and then uh, probably you know after that, then we start picking off big fish kind of in in uh, isolated areas once the sun gets up. So uh, it's a hot one today. It's 82 freaking degrees already. I'm sweating my ass off. So uh, stay hydrated out there, wet boys. I'll talk to you later. All right, what's up, y'all? I'm back. Um... A little bit later than what I expected because um, got a little preoccupied with work on the way back home. 
So it is now Tuesday following the tournament, which I fished it last Thursday. And, uh, you know, I wanted, since I didn't get a chance to record when I got home or on the way home, I wanted to just let the tournament play out and it ended yesterday. Uh, your boy ended up getting second place, which is a familiar spot for me, but I'll take it. Um, quick shout out one before I get into the actual fishing part of it is Nick McCrelly. Um, dude put up a solid bag and I believe was, he beat me by about an inch and a half. So I think he put 83 and change up and I was 82 and change. I think it was 83 and three quarter and I had 82 and a quarter. So, um, shout out to him. Good job, Nick representing wet boy nation. I believe all four top, um, performers were, you know, certified wet boys. We had Nick, me, Alex Deneau took third, Pickering took fourth, and that's out of like 46 guys, so that's pretty, uh, I don't know, you know, what that says about Nation, but, uh, I'd say we're legit, so, anyways, now, on to the fishing, very, very interesting day, uh, for, that played out throughout the tournament, um, so, for those who aren't aware I'm not going to explain the tournament format, but the, the day that I fished, uh, the hours are 6.30 to 2.30, so you there is no on-the-water time, so you can technically get on the water as early as you want, and uh, last lines in are at 2.30, and then you have a couple hours to submit your photos, which I do not submit any photos until the end. Some people call that sandbagging. I call, you know, working that to my advantage. Um... So, I did a little spot hopping, like I was explaining earlier in the podcast, and, you know, one of the reasons I spot hopped is because I wanted to sort of practice for the upcoming IKA. You know, I have an area that I sort of, um, it's like my summer area, I really like to fish, and I wanted to try something a little bit different. I knew it was going to be risky. Um, and I, I, you know, honestly, like I was probably even, even with, you know, pre-fishing the IKA, I kind of know where I'm going to go for the IKA unless something just goes horribly wrong. And there's a reason why I do it. And I'm not going to explain that in this podcast because it's, you know, for my ears only, um, but I have a very specific area. One of the reasons I choose it is it kind of avoids traffic. I know there's big fish there. Um, and, you know, I don't necessarily have it all to myself, but at least I'm fishing freshwater for a period of the day. Um, so anyways, you know, I, I, I wanted to do something a little bit different and fish, you know, that, you know, a couple different areas. So I started in the morning. I got two solid fish within the first 30 minutes. Um, I should have left after 30 minutes. I ended up staying there for a couple hours and, you know, picking around the area. And, uh, I, I did catch a couple more fish, caught a huge catfish, which had me hyped for a bit. Um, I broke off a really nice fish. I don't know if it was another catfish or what, but, um, didn't really get anything else from the area. And then I went to kind of my honey hole for the second half of the day, but normally I'm fishing that first thing in the morning, so I was fishing it in the 
you know, I didn't end up really getting on the water until probably about 10 in that spot. So by the time I got, you know, to my area, which I had to paddle a little bit to get there, you know, after 1030, really the prime areas, I was, you know, 1130 on. And uh, it was interesting to kind of see how those spots played out. I did catch fish kind of all the way up through those areas, but I didn't get into very big fish until the very end. Um, and I, and I wasn't getting frustrated. I just knew like I was finding a lot of those like 14, 13 to 14 inch fish. So I had a limit, you know, 10 times over, or maybe not 10. Yeah. 10 times over. I mean, I had 50 fish, but you know, I was like, struggling to find really in those tournaments you know 16 and above is what pays the bills and i was having trouble finding those and uh i ended up in a the, kind of the area i was like man if i can just get to this area i just didn't know if i had enough time if i can get to this area you know this is kind of the last really good area and um sure enough i got up there and you know hooked up with some of my bigger fish and one of the things that I was experiencing that day is uh I would catch a fish that's smaller and then there would be nicer fish chasing and I wouldn't you know inevitably wouldn't catch the bigger fish well I got up to that area and I was catching a little bit bigger fish but there was like really big fish chasing and there's a bunch of them so I got into this area where there's like it was very evident that there were were big, really big fish. Um, but I only had, you know, 45 minutes left or so. And I ended up limiting out pretty much of 16s. I had one fifteen and a half on the board. And I said to myself, literally, out verbally, out loud, you know, if I could just get you know, a 17 or an 18 to cap this off, like I'll be in a really good spot. And literally the next cast, I hooked into a giant. And, and you know, it's always hard to tell how big a fish is when you don't actually put it on a board. But this one I got, I fought it. And, you know, I could tell immediately the head shakes were, you know, remarkably different than even the 16. So I'm like, well, this is a big fish. And I, I fought it. I got it all the way up. Uh, and, you know, it was one of those fish, if I could do over again, like I would have not got to my net so quickly. But I, I think I got to my net just a little premature. I had a little bit too much line out. And I was trying to kind of lift my arm up. And uh, I went to go net the fish. I, I actually touched the fish's tail to the brim of my net as my hook came out of its mouth. It did not break me off. It just, you know, as a, any old veteran fish would do, it was like doing these head shakes that were really uh, effective at dislodging that hook or at least making the, the hole that the hook had made bigger so it could, you know, work its way out. And that last little head shake did the trick. Hook popped out, you know, I had just too little of uh, choke on my net to reach it. I mean, I literally, if I would have just choked 
uh, I guess, down on that net handle, I could have just scooped the fish up, and I, I just didn't have enough length to get it, and um, it swam away. Now, that fish was, you know, at the absolute smallest, was 18 and a half. Let's, let's call it that. No way it was shorter than that. You know, could have been, you know, 20. I, I really can't say at this point, you know, fish always seem bigger, but it was a up, it was a big fish. Lost it. You know, I got really upset and took the net and smacked it against my kayak pedals, which was, I guess, the only thing that was, it was what was right in front of me. I thought I broke something because I hit it so hard. Uh, luckily, I did not do any damage to the old Hobie. Uh, but I went on, you know, and that was with about 30 minutes left. I went on to go upstream. There was one other particular spot where I've caught some big ones in the past, and I, I did see a couple of big ones, but I didn't catch them. But, um, I took a couple business calls while I was up there and hopped in my kayak, and, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to go back to that area and kind of, like, take a look around and see now that the fish have kind of settled a little bit what was going on because I caught basically all my fish in like this you know 30 yard section 40 yard section and uh, I went back there and it was like <laughs> like immediately I was like oh wow there's a lot of big fish in here like and there were you know I don't want to put a number on it, but there were a lot of 18-inch fish in this particular area, and um, so yeah, it was, I'm like, well, you know, from a pre-fishing stand practice standpoint, like, I found all these fish, they were all in the same area, I caught them, there were way more fish than what I actually caught, um, so I am really excited that in about a week and a half, uh, as long as we don't get any big precipitation events, I think those fish will still be there for the IKA. So, um, it kind of gave me what I needed, a little juice, what I needed. And I ended up getting second place, which wasn't terrible. Definitely had first, uh, in the bag if I would have just netted that fish and landed that fish. But, you know, we all lose fish. I know Necrelli said he lost a really nice one too, so it's just part of the game. And a lot of times that's what it comes down to, you know, in these tournaments, you know, you have probably five or six guys that could potentially win it based on the bites that they're getting. Um, and the difference between the guy that wins and the guy that gets, you know, third, fourth, fifth, or, you know, is, is usually one comes unbuttoned or you didn't retire your leader or, you know, maybe your hook has a, uh, bent point on it, you didn't realize, and you didn't drive it through the mouth. Like, there's all kinds of reasons. So, you can eliminate some of that stuff by retying and, you know, changing hooks and those sort of things. Um, sometimes you can't. Uh, being cool under pressure is um, pretty important. Now, um, on the way back to the car, I, I did end up, you know, I was, was kind of looking around doing the whole sight fishing thing and I did end up nabbing a 17 and a half that would have given me the win had I um, caught it during tournament hours it was probably about 30 minutes after 
Um, and it was actually a really cool E. I floated past this rock and I saw a fish sitting there. And for whatever reason, you know, it didn't spook. I, I was spooking fish all day, but this particular one, I know it had to see me. It just was, I think it was up against this rock so tight that it just sort of felt like it was hidden. So I flipped around, got my dead rig ride, threw it up there one cast, smoked it, caught a 17 and a half. So I turned it in for small games, but definitely didn't help me out during the tournament. Other than that, that was kind of the story of the day. I'm not going to go into much detail on what I caught them on and how I caught it just because I got the IK tournament coming up um, because, you know, that that presentation that I was using was somewhat unique and I just don't want to give competitors any advantage because as most of you know, I'm really intent on winning this thing. Um, and to be honest, I, I, I hate to like jinx myself, but like this might be my year. Um, you know, as long as we don't get any rain, if we get rain, it's going to just completely, reset and I could still do well but like based on the conditions that we got going on right now based on the tournament I just fished with 46 other guys based on what I saw during the tournament I have uh, a pretty big uh, boat of confidence to do well on this one and like I said winning it you know a lot of times comes down to just couple little things and there's going to be a lot of really really good guys fishing this tournament so you know honestly even you know pickering and and dano and and uh you know nick and i don't i don't know if nick's fishing it but you know there's a handful of guys that always fish that are really good so i don't necessarily feel like i have an advantage on those guys i think it's just a matter of kind of who executes the best but i will say if I, if those fish are still there, those guys are going to be in for a time because I know I can catch them. Uh, it's just a matter of being patient. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, that was kind of how the tournament went. So I, I, now the cool thing is because I got second, I, I'm pretty sure that all but wraps up angler of the year for me because, you know, Nathan got fourth. So I, I'd have to do the math to see if he wins this fifth event, if he would be able to catch me. But I have two wins, a second, and an eighth place. And I believe it's your best four events, so added up cumulatively. So my worst score is eighth place. Um, I don't know what Nathan's worst score is. I'd have to look and see, but um, I, I need to get updated Angler of the Year. Um, standings because I would really, really want to see if I have to fish that fifth one because if I don't, I'm not going to fish it. So, um, I'm pretty happy about that because if I get Angler of the Year, uh, that's, you know, some validation that, you know, I'm, uh, you know, doing, doing well and, you know, I, I'm, a uh, force to be reckoned with on the White River, and you know, winning two and getting second in one is is pretty good. So, IKA has always been my white whale, though, and that is I'm coming for that hard. Next week, I'm going to be doing some pre-fishing 
and really testing out making sure what I'm doing is, uh, you know, going to work for those fish. Uh, looking at water conditions, all the above. Uh, I'm going to really, really make sure I'm doing that and I'm dialed in. I always take the day off uh, before the tournament that Friday to, to fish all day and sort of just like make sure I'm good. I also get all my stuff ready and like I'm like 1000% prepared. So uh, we'll sort of see what happens, but that's the plan so far. Um, so yeah, I'm pumped about it. Uh, on In other sort of news, Chris and I are recording tonight. So um, we're going to have an episode, a, you know, call it OG episode out. Uh, it's going to be reviewing our trip uh, up to Minnesota. And then, uh, you know, any other sort of fishing. We'll probably talk about the tournament a little bit, but you know, we'll, we'll sort of have a regular episode and uh, talk about some trips we got planned coming up, maybe even a Smalley Games update. Um, not, I haven't beat it yet, but I, I think I'm pretty much done besides the snacks pieces, which are of my own doing, but they are a pain in my side because apparently I can't catch 16-inch fish with a rat, so we got to go do some work on that. Um, you know, I got... Uh, the IK coming up, and then in October, I'm doing the Susquehanna Bass uh, event, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so, anyways, that's really all I had. Um, you know, I, I didn't give too much juice away in this tournament, because I just, I really wanted to save some of it uh, for the IK tournament. So, after the IK, I'll give you the keys. Just, this IK tournament's next weekend, and I don't want to... Um, give those guys any more than I need to. So anyways, that's all I have. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, go give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, Achigan just turned two years old today. So uh, thanks for, you know, always supporting us, our business efforts. You know, uh, we also had a an annual or a, an inaugural meeting for the Indiana Smallmouth Alliance. And we'll talk about that on the OG episode as well. So anyways, you guys take it easy. Until next time, free the fighter.